the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Some of the scholars have suggested maybe it's talking about creation because God was the one who brought light in and the devil's been trying to destroy it and has not been successful. But I think it's more likely a reference to Calvary because it was at that cross where light and darkness came into a very bitter and decisive conflict and darkness could not prevail. Jesus Christ won. Pastor Leighton Sheely is digging deeper into the book of John on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse. I'm Mike Trout. This is an outreach ministry heard daily on this station Monday through Friday from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. They're on the web at highlands.us and more information about this particular ministry can be found on the web at the broadcast website studyversebyverse.com. And now continuing where we left off yesterday, here's Pastor Layton. And despite Satan's frantic and furious assault on the light, the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness did not overcome it. Even a small lamp can drive darkness from a room. Intellectually, light refers to truth, and darkness refers to falsehood. Morally, Light refers to holiness and darkness to sin. Satan's kingdom is the kingdom of darkness, but Jesus is the source of life and light that shines in the darkness. Now, while it's appropriate for us to make some distinctions between light and life as we study them to find characteristics that give us insight into the nature of God, John is writing here that light and life cannot be separated. They're essentially the same. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, light has an obvious conflict with darkness. Uh, They are mutually exclusive. Light opposes darkness and dispels it. You introduce light and darkness flees. The only way for darkness to win is to snuff out the light. And so the theme of conflict between darkness and light is found throughout the Gospel of John, and not John only. You know, the the conflict between light and dark, that sounds real familiar. Are you all familiar with the Star Wars storyline? Yeah, I I wonder if the inspiration of that storyline came from the Bible. I mean, think about it. The force is all around us, but we can't see it. That sounds like the spiritual realm. The dark side of the force represents the evil that exists in the spiritual realm. We're familiar that Satan and his co-workers are spirit beings. Uh, The dark realm is led by an evil Sith emperor who accomplishes his goals using lies, deception, and manipulation. Hmm. He makes promises he cannot keep and doesn't intend to keep. 
Remember, uh, he promised young Skywalker that he would protect and provide life to the one that young Skywalker loved. But he didn't, and he couldn't, because he was not the source of life. And through many lies, the evil emperor eventually enslaves young Skywalker, who later becomes Darth Vader, who helps him conquer the nations. Oops, excuse me, the planets in that version. And enslave people. And uh, one of the tools that the evil emperor uses is uh, hatred. Hmm. Interesting. Now, I'm not suggesting we get our theology from movies. But oftentimes popular movies get their inspiration from the scripture. And they put their spin on it. So the theme of perpetual conflict between light and darkness is found in this gospel. It's also found elsewhere. In this gospel, in 319, we are told that people's condemnation is because they love darkness rather than light. In 8.12, Jesus calls on people to follow him so that they do not walk in darkness. In 12.35, we're called to walk while we have the light, lest darkness overtake us or overcome us. 12.46, Jesus came into the world as a light so that whoever believes in him should not stay in darkness. There's this constant theme of the conflict between light and dark. Now, Satan is the leader of the spiritual kingdom of darkness, and He's against whatever God is for. If God is for something, Satan's against it. If God is against something, Satan is for it. And uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus came to bring life and life more abundantly. And what do you think Satan's goals are? To steal, kill, and destroy. Exactly the opposite. Now, Revelation, the book of Revelation tells us that there's a time that's coming when God is going to bring judgment on Satan and on those who stand with him, those who are part of the kingdom of darkness. And they're going to be thrown into this lake of fire where they're going to spend eternity without any relief. Now, it's important for us to, to try to understand what that means. You see, if a human in this world is, is caught in a fire, for a, brief, for, for a time they, they're in, in agony. But eventually the body throws circuit breakers, if you will, and the, and the people go into unconsciousness. They're not, they're not, uh, they're not, uh, they don't feel the pain. And And then if it doesn't stop, eventually they die and they never feel the pain. But when people get thrown into that lake of fire, there are no circuit breakers. There is no unconsciousness and there is no death. They are going to be in agony for all eternity. And that's why we as believers do not treat salvation lightly as something that's trivial. Because every person is going to spend eternity in one of two places. They're either going to heaven or they're going to hell, and hell is a terrible place. Now, because Satan and his minions understand with total clarity the judgment that awaits them, they, are, they have tried desperately throughout all of human history to kill the life and to extinguish the light. In the Old Testament, Satan tried to destroy the nation of Israel because it was from the nation of Israel that the Messiah would come, and he didn't succeed. He he tried to destroy the kingly line because the Scriptures tell us what line Jesus would come from. He didn't succeed. In the New Testament, he was prompted Herod to try to kill all the newborn babes in Bethlehem in order to kill 
this Messiah, that didn't succeed. And then he came to tempt Jesus to try to turn Jesus aside from his destiny of going to the cross, and that didn't succeed. And despite Satan's frantic and furious assault on the light, the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness did not overcome it. Even a small lamp can drive darkness from a room. And the brilliant, glorious light of our Lord Jesus Christ will utterly destroy Satan's realm of darkness. The darkness was unable to overcome the light. That is in the past tense, the aorist tense. And the implication is it's pointing to a specific event. Some of the scholars have suggested maybe it's talking about creation because God was the one who brought light in and the devil's been trying to destroy it and has not been successful. But I think it's more likely a reference to Calvary because it was at that cross where light and darkness came into a very bitter and decisive conflict and darkness could not prevail. Jesus Christ won. Now, this theme of the battle between the kingdoms of darkness and light is not exclusive to the Apostle John. The Apostle Paul also writes about it as well. Colossians chapter 1. He writes, We always praise for you, pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out over all the world, all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we've not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete, under, complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so that you will have all of the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Now, there might be some this morning who are here and you've not had it explained this way before. And the Holy Spirit has been talking with you and and revealing this to you. So I'm going to ask the congregation, if you would, to bow your heads, because I want to give an opportunity. Perhaps you're here this morning, you've heard it, Holy Spirit's been talking with you, and you want to make this the morning you make a decision to ask 
Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. So with the the heads bowed and the eyes closed, I, I want to give you the opportunity to raise your hand. You're not raising it to me. You're not raising it to your neighbor. You're raising it to the Lord. And you're asking the Lord to reveal His salvation to you and in you. Pastor Leighton Sheely, Senior Pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, is our teacher on this broadcast called Study Verse by Verse, an outreach of the church. And he'll come back with more from the book of John tomorrow. Now, when we read through the Gospel of John, it might seem like John uh, is trying to put John the Baptist, John the Apostle who wrote the Gospel, is trying to put John the Baptist down, but that's not the case. He identifies that John the Baptist was sent by God. What he wants to do is is make sure that everybody understands what John the Baptist's God-given role truly was. I hope you can join us on the next edition of Study Verse by Verse. You can find out more about us on the web at studyversebyverse.com or for the church, highlands.us. Or if it's easier for you to call, the number is 650-873-4095. I'm Mike Trout, looking forward to having you back tomorrow at this same time as we open the Word of God once again to the book of John and study verse by verse.